The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live from my house still. Uh, that's what it's all about. And we're going to be coming to you live from a bunch of people's houses, I think. Uh, but thrilled to be here with you on this Monday morning. It's a little bit rainy in Los Angeles in May. That's a very odd and weird thing, but we'll take it because we always need a little bit of the rain. And I don't know, there's something soothing about a gentle rain, isn't it? It's just like, it's nice to be cozy in the house. <laughs> We've been cozy in the house for a while. So anything that makes that nicer, we'll take it, right? I am excited to be with you. We are going to be with you live for the next hour. And uh, this is an interactive show. So we want to be interacting with you. We want to know your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your concerns. Uh, at some point here, Trayvon's going to show you a slide with a bunch of different ways that you can connect with us. And I'm going to remind you that there are lots of ways to watch the show live. And we do love it when you guys watch the show live because it's fun to interact. And, um, you know, we want you to, the whole point of this show, we always say that we're here to um, provide information and inspiration. We want you to feel like you've got a place where you can go um, to be with friends. And um, so you'll see on the first column, are ways that you can watch the show live. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube. Uh, and you can see the different, you know, it's all Autism Live, right? Uh, so if you search Autism Live, it's going to come up. Um, and then we podcast the live show. So you can still watch us when we're recorded on Twitter, Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube. But then we add a bunch of other places where we podcast. And some of them are iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Deezer. And keep in mind that where possible, like for instance, on iTunes, you have a choice. You can download us just sound if you want to take us for a walk, or if you're still out and about driving, you can take us in the car, whatever, whatever suits you, right? Or you can download the podcast with picture and sound and watch it just the way you're watching it on YouTube or Facebook Live. So, um, but then there's one cohesive place where we do pretty much everything, and that is autism-live.com. When you go there, not only can you watch today's show, but you can watch a show from seven years ago today, <laughs> right? And there's some pretty good stuff in the archives, I have to say. So uh, you can search by topic, you can search by guest, you can, I mean, there's just a lot of different ways that you can do it. And I'm working on a sneeze here. At some point, I'm going to sneeze and that's going to be really great. Uh, but <laughs> allergies, we were talking about this right before we went live. Allergies, allergies. Uh, it's so much fun. Uh, but uh, we're excited for you to be here with us. And we hope that you'll join us in whatever, whatever way works for you and that you'll write into us and tell us what you need. You know, I, we always say this is not a one size fits all. 
and that we speak to the larger autism community. So that's not only individuals who are themselves, of, of course, we have to be inclusive and start with individuals who are on the spectrum, right? And what they need and you know what they have to say, right? Which is why I have so many guests that are on the show uh, that are self-advocates, right? That's super duper important, it's essential. Um, but I also have to say that here on the show, we also speak to everyone who loves those individuals because we think that that's a part of this process too, that if we all work together we're, you know, this, this group is ever growing, this core of individuals who are on the spectrum and that are adults, right? Um, and, but but the, the kiddos that are on the spectrum need more people to be speaking for them too. This group speaks for them, but, you know, we want more people speaking for everybody. And if we can get all of this greater, what I call the greater autism community, the larger autism community, to work together to create job opportunities and more resources and more understanding so that people treat individuals on the autism spectrum with the respect and dignity they deserve, whoo, then we're working, right? So we, our show is for the larger autism uh, audience and we hope to provide information and inspiration. But I don't know what you need because it's not one size fits all, so don't make me guess. And uh, whatever part of that configuration you're a part of, whether you yourself are the person on the spectrum or um, you're the spouse of someone on the spectrum or the parent of someone on the spectrum, a teacher to someone on the spectrum, please write in and tell us what you want to see because um, we're creating a whole bunch of new shows and we want, we want it to be useful to you, especially in this pandemic when the needs might be shifting and a little bit different. So feel free to write in and tell us what you need. I'm saying Nava, I'm saying hello to Nava, but why do you hate the rain? Oh, I know, cause you're, you like to be in the water. <laughs> That's why you hate the rain. I'll take water however it comes to me. Uh, and good morning to Christina as well, who's writing in and saying hello to both myself and to Traven. So uh, we got a big show coming up here, but you know, it's Monday and we like to start Mondays with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. Uh, and this is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what are the experts talking about? What does it have to do with us? And my whole thing is, is this something, if, if learning what this term is, is it going to save me five minutes and $5? That's sort of my baseline for everything. Because if it's not saving me time and money, I don't have the bandwidth, right? And I certainly, when my son was doing early intervention, I didn't have the bandwidth for any of that. Uh, so, Traven, do we have our jargon or are we... Or I jumped ahead. Uh, so we're going to give you, first we give you the term and you can see it there. The term is manned. First, we're going to give you the term. We're going to give you the actual definition. Then we're going to make fun of it, uh, the actual definition. And then we're going to give you a working definition, which even that we might need to make, make fun of, right? But hopefully we'll begin to understand what this concept is so that when we see it in life, we'll go, oh, that's what they were talking about. Okay, I'm beginning to understand. Don't beat yourself up if you don't get it the first time. It's not about that, right? I love, um, I just had an opportunity the other day to spend some time with uh, Dr. Jonathan Tarbox, who used to be a regular on this show. And, oh my gosh, how much do I love him? And uh, he had invited me to speak at uh, USC graduation for a bunch of people who were graduating 
with their master's degree in ABA, stop, like my favorite people on the face of the planet. Uh, but anyway, one of my favorite quotes of Dr. Jonathan Tarbox is, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And that's what we try to do with the jargon. We can't eat it all at the same time, but if we can take one bite into this jargon, every couple of days, then we'll, I see that you guys start using the terms. It just makes me so excited. Uh, okay, so today's term is manned. This is one of those terms that uh, makes me a little crazy, but I like to laugh at it because, boy, when you hear an expert who, an expert in autism or an acquiring language, like a speech and language pathologist, you start hanging around with them, uh, they'll start using this term. And they use this term as if, what, you don't know what a manned is? Uh, people use that term all the time. Uh, so let's take a look, but they don't. It's only a certain group of people who use this term. If you don't know what it is, join the club, right? But we're gonna shed some light on it. So let's take a look at our actual definition for manned. Why should you even care what this is? So the manned is a type of verbal behavior that is controlled by a motivating operation, deprivation, or an adverse state and is followed by specific reinforcement. The manned specifies its own reinforcer. Now, if this were a thing, I would wanna drown it. <laughs> what on earth? The manned is a type of verbal behavior that is controlled by a motivating operation. Look, if you don't know what a manned is and you're reading that sentence, you gotta go run and get a dictionary, right? And then, I love that they give you a parenthetical to shed some light on it, deprivation or, or an aversive state, stop. Just stop. This definition is of no use to anyone anywhere unless you already have a degree in psychology or you've gone to the school of autism. Uh, okay, but if you're new to the school of autism and somebody's using this term, it's really helpful if you know what it means. So Trayvon, let's go on to our actual definition and, and let's see if we can't make sense out of that. So manding is requesting, demanding, see where that word comes from, or asking for something. So um, when we're building language, there's a bunch of different um, types of uh, language that we use. And they call those the verbal operants, uh, you know, whatever, Let, if that makes them happy. Um, but there are, you know, we think of language as just being language, right? And it just somehow springs up in those, you know, typically neuro, uh, neurotypical children, right? Typically developing. Um, but somehow it just doesn't seem to spring up in a lot of our kiddos on the autism spectrum. And that's a very emotional thing for, an, for a parent, right? When you're, you can like, you go, something's not, I don't, I don't know. It's just like something's missing. We're just not getting to the place that we need to get to. And I think with anything, when you're trying to figure out, okay, so what's missing? It's great if you know what all the moving parts are. So manding is one of the moving parts of language. It's, it's a, um, it's a thing that we all do, right? Um, and even small children start to do it that if you've ever hung around with, and you know, this is hard because that period of time is so fresh in my memory that I waited forever to have my beautiful baby boy, right? And I was so caught up in my relationship with him. I knew that something wasn't happening, right? But I didn't know what was missing. But then I would be around my friend's babies 
and the, you know, the baby would be sitting there in the high chair and would go juice, juice. And I would be like, why isn't my kid doing that? So that's manding. When you are requesting something or demanding something or asking for something, you're manding. And it can be just a sound and babies do that with just a sound. They go, muh, muh, muh. And that might be more or that might be water or that might be mama, right? But they're attempting to get something by saying something. Now, you can also mand by pointing. You can, uh, you can man by signing. You can man by holding up a picture of something, right? There are lots of ways to man. And even people who have full command of speech and vocal language manned in many different ways. Um, you know, that we moms, we man to our kids all the time. Like, you know, we, we just scrunch up our eyes and we're telling them, you better, you better do that now. <laughs> or you better, you better shut the pie hole. <laughs> Because you're not sassing me, right? I watched the help yesterday. Sass talk, no sass back talk, right? So we manned in lots of different ways. And sometimes our kiddos on the autism spectrum manned uh, non-verbally, they'll point, right? That's a great sign. But some of our kids don't manned at all or very minimally. And um, what we want for them to do is manned all the time. Now, you remember in the actual definition where it said um, the, the, can you go back to it for a second? Cause I don't want to misquote it, uh, Traven, the, the actual definition. Um, the manned specifies its own reinforcer. So the thing I want is the thing that I am requesting, right? So if I am saying ma and what I want is a cookie, my reinforcer is the cookie. Um, so it's easy in that respect if we understand what they're manding for. So sometimes, you know, uh, we're trying to get a child to do something and we have to find out what's reinforcing to them. Like maybe we want them to pick up their toys. And so we're offering them the reinforcer of, if you pick up your toys, we're gonna do ice cream afterwards, right? Um, and, and we gotta find the thing that's reinforcing to them and we can't guess, we have to ask them, quite, you know, to figure out what it is that they want in order to do the thing. But with manding, if we know, uh, if we know what it is that they're requesting, it's that much easier because we just give them that. And we don't have to do anything extra, although it's always good to praise manding. Always good to praise manding because you pair it. And then later on, they find uh, the praise, something that's worthwhile for a different item. So how do we build manding? Um, we make opportunities all the time and we reinforce the hey out of this. Now, um, there are different phases in, in anyone's development, right? And one of the most important things I learned as a teacher is you got to know what you're teaching and focus on that, right? So if you're manding and the child is asking for something you wouldn't normally give them, but you're doing man training. And sometimes when a child is between the ages of two and five, if the child isn't manding enough, they will put into their program that they want them to man like 200, 300 times an hour. Doesn't that just blow your mind? Um, but it's possible and, and it works and it builds language. So we wanna, so let's say that, you know, we really were like, oh, this child loves gummy bears just too much, right? But, and they're constantly requesting gummy bears. Well, while we're doing man training, we would cut those gummy bears up into like eight pieces and we, Every time they ask, we would give them a gummy bear, 
right? Because they were asking for it. And we would shape up the, so in the beginning, you know, they would just have to point, right? But then we would say, guh, right? And then they would say, guh. And then eventually over a couple of weeks time, we would get them to say, guh, me, guh, me, right? And then, then maybe we would get them to say more gummy, right? And we wouldn't give them the gummy until they did that. And then, then eventually it would come into a phrase, uh, more gummy, please. And then I want more gummy, please, right? So we're building the language on top of the demand because we already know what they want, which is the gummy bear. Later on, you know, maybe six weeks down the road, we're going to do a thing where you don't necessarily get the thing every time you ask for it. Because I know people worry about that. They're like, well, I'm going to be running around giving them everything they want every time they ask. That's not the thing you want to worry about. ABA is going to teach you how to pull back on that. But you want your child to speak, right? What are we teaching? We're teaching manding right now. And when you're teaching manding, give, 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 unless it's something that's going to actually harm them, right? Um, so manding, Ooh, it's good stuff. And here's the other thing with manding. When you teach a child either through icons or an iPad or sign language or vocal speech to mand, guess what happens to tantrums? Ooh. Right? Because if I can, look, if I have to throw a tantrum to get what I want in life, I'll do it. Sure. But that's hard work. I don't know when the last tantrum you threw was, but I try not to throw them very often. It's hard work. It takes a lot of energy to be yelling and screaming and throwing things and, and flailing around. And, you know, it's, it's, it's exhausting. So, and if I can just ask for what I want and get it, we all would do that. So manding, it's such a good thing. Okay, Traven, let's move on because we're running out of time here. I got such a good show for you guys. So let's go on to our question of the day. Um, and encourage Manding today. What gives you comfort? I'll tell you what gives me comfort, some modicum of control. And you know what gives me control is being able to ask for what I want. Um, comfort for me is also, um, it's places and people. When I was a single woman, I had this dog. Oh, she's the best dog ever. And um, she was a little black and white Cocker Spaniel and her name was Molly and we called her Molly the Moo or Miss Moo. And it didn't matter where I went and I could travel all over the place. My dog was with me, I was fine. It was like, she was home to me. And now of course, you know, home and Molly is long since gone, unfortunately. Um, but uh, my boys are at my home, my husband and my son. So I'm very comforted in this uh, COVID emergency because I'm home with them. I can't imagine parents who have to share custody or um, parents who their kids are 19 and away living someplace else. Woo! I don't know how you do that. Um, you can write in and tell me how, but what gives you comfort? And then of course, the other thing, if I'm being honest, food is my comfort. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, trying, trying to work myself away from that, trying to make exercise a comfort. And it is, exercise is very comforting. I just can't remember that when I'm about standing in front of the refrigerator. I don't know about all of you. Uh, anyway, write in, tell us what gives you comfort that will give everybody ideas. Uh, I'm hurrying now because I know that we've got uh, our first guest. So uh, we have a topic. Our topic this week, something that we'll touch on from time to time is moving forward. Because even if you are staying home for the next, like here in LA, we think we're staying home till September 1st. 
uh, it's time to move forward. It's, you know, sometimes something looks like it's going to be temporary and then you find out that it's not, and you gotta, you gotta dig in and you gotta find the way to make it work. I certainly found that with autism. You know, when it took a long time for my son to get diagnosed, when he did get diagnosed and I was like, okay, what do we do? It took me a while to find out that what we needed was really good ABA and that it took a while to get that started. Right. And then I was like, well, okay. And we started making progress. Um, but I hadn't fully accepted that this was going to be the next couple of years of my life. And I, I, it took me a while, you guys, cause I'm a little bit slow on the, on the uptake, but, um, I remember that there was a part of our counter that had all his paperwork and all of his, it had like file, like uh, portable file cabinet things that had his paperwork. And it was always a mess and the mail was there and it was always a mess. And it took me over a year to go, okay, I have to make a home for the paperwork because we're going to be doing this for a while and it's worthwhile. So I don't know about you guys, but I think, you know, there's some stuff that we have to talk about. Okay. How are we going to move forward with whatever we're doing, whatever circumstances you're in, if you're staying home, if you're going back to work, how are we going to move forward? How are we going to set this up? Cause no matter what you're doing, it's different than what you were doing six months ago. So I think it's time for us to look and go, okay, what's working, what isn't working, what would I need to make this work better for me and for my family? How do I keep everybody healthy? Like, how do I automate some of the things that I'm having to do over and over again? Like I've started a grocery service that there's some things that just automatically come every week, which is so like our produce, just so exciting that I don't have to like constantly be worrying about that. So we're going to talk about that all this week. Uh, and we've got some exciting things happening this week. I can't wait to tell you what's happening on Friday, but uh, today's show, whoo, I got a couple of heroes for you. Are you ready for this? Um, so first up, we're going to have Bonnie Yates, but then, um, and unfortunately we have her name misspelled on that, but Michelle, and we're going to correct that. Michelle West is going to be joining us from CHG Healthcare. Really excited about having her on, um, we covered a story on Friday on Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy about an amazing mom who worked for an amazing company that was not covering ABA. And this mom did something that changed the whole thing. Um, she's an employee of the company and, and she's gonna be with us a little bit later on and it's gonna blow your mind. I'm, I'm so excited to meet her. But um, first up, we have the amazing Miss Bonnie Yates, which I believe she is here with us. And if she is, go ahead, Traven, and allow her to come on in with her camera. Um, and for those of you who don't know, on um, Thursday, there's Miss. Look at you. you. You look lovely. Thank you. Uh, um, good morning. Good morning. Uh, are you enjoying this light rain? Oh, I'm loving it. You know, I had this dream about being in Hawaii at the beach, and then I woke up to, to this weather. I was like, oh, maybe I really could like be in Hawaii. <laughs> That's so funny because uh, Nava Paskowitz Asner is watching, and and I said this morning, I'm just loving the rain. Who doesn't love the rain? And she said, I hate the rain. And I said, well, of course because you'd rather be in the water. And I was thinking she'd rather be in Hawaii in the water and excuse me, Hawaii, I, or my friend Rachel will never speak to me again. Uh, but anyway, so, I, so I'm sorry, what? I think we'd all rather be in Hawaii. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. But how interesting that you were having a dream about that. But she just wrote in and said, as you were saying that you, you were uh, dreaming about being at the beach, she just wrote in and said, your hair looks amazing today. Oh. So it does. You know really that cool. I have the perfect hair for COVID-19 quarantining, which is called <laughs> never do anything to your hair except for remember to wash it about once a week. Um, well, and I just keep shaving off parts of my hair. And I think, I think I'm finally at the point where I, I can't do anything more with it. I'm just going to have to shave the whole thing off, no. uh, on Thursday. Um, so yeah, no, I think it has to happen. Uh, okay. Uh, people, we asked people to tell us what comforts them today and people are writing in, they're saying washing their hands comforts them. Uh, and definitely somebody says definitely my dog and music reading. What's comforting you during this Bonnie? Me? Oh my God. Um, Throwing your curveball. The fact that we have beautiful, lovely rituals that we could have at home that we never had time for when we were always working out of the home so much. Yeah. One, you know, I, I take pride in cooking and cleaning my house and um, just trying to improve things here, you know, trying to be gracious, grateful about the fact that I'm living in a space where there's enough room to be inside and outside. I mean, I could go on and on, um, but, but, you know, I don't, like I said to my son that in, in some respects, there's a lot of opportunity during this time. And his comment was, yeah, mom, well, when you're our age and there are no jobs, it's a little harder to enjoy this, you know, or yeah. parts of this. So I'm also not homeschooling kids at home, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I, I should be homeschooling kids at home, but I'm not. So um, I'm making him. That's all right. Cause I just read an article in LRP about what to do about parents like you. Oh, okay, good. So, uh, so Dan and I just, I'm like burning up cause I know there's so many questions. I know. I, but I also found such great stuff that I want to read to you guys. It's so topical. So I'm just not sure how to how to prioritize and we don't have very much time because i've got yeah. another guest a little bit later on i here's what i would rather do bonnie i would rather that you read to us what you've got because so much is happening in the moment and i was just going to say you led this amazing town hall last thursday which was a great meeting of the minds and there were so many parents who asked so many questions there were a couple that we didn't get to and some that i thought were really great but i think what we need right now is up to the minute information so if you have new information. I'd rather hear that. Okay. And maybe you and I can talk off the air about a way to get people's questions answered this week. Cause I don't want to yeah. leave them sitting. So, you know, my, my thing these days is, um, you know, my special ed hack is I've been reading special ed connection, which as we talked about is, is something that's put out for educators, uh, and that attorneys on the school district side. So there were just some things this morning in their COVID roundup that I thought was so important to mention. So we all know that related services are things that you have to have as part of your IEP to allow you to access you know, the classroom and your IEP goals. There's a very interesting article uh, that LRP put out just now saying, you know, related services are available for parents. And I thought that is such an important point. We never talk about it. Um, and- What does that even mean? It means that, that that whenever a school district does an IEP, they're supposed to be considering whether a particular type of parent training should be part of the IEP in order to make the IEP work well. And, wow. and, and that's something that almost never gets discussed. 
but um, there's a lot of authority for providing parent training as part of the IEP in certain circumstances. So some of the things um, that you know occur to me are, well, if you're having to work with your child at home and you're assuming the function in some ways of a behavioral therapist or a speech therapist or a special ed teacher, there's, there's plenty of training that, that could be had um, and, and the IDEA authorizes that um, and they've kept at that. And so in terms of the type of related services that would be possible, there's counseling and guidance um, for parents. There's, um, there's uh, group and individual family therapy type counseling. Um, and uh, you can see how both of those things would potentially be very important in supporting the program. Um, so that's one thing I want people to start thinking about is, is there training you need in order to be able to implement your child's IP? I'm not gonna get into the weeds on all the cases, but I'll just read you a little bit. The purpose of the counseling and training is to provide support and information to the parents in order to better equip them to participate in their child's educational program. And there's, a, there's several California cases that are cited there. The term counseling services means services provided by qualified social workers, psychologists, guidance counselors, or other qualified personnel. So th those are some of the, the people that would be helping you help your child uh, access their IEP. Speech and language, um, I'm sorry, sign language training is another area they mentioned. Uh, sex education is another area that they mention, And then they go on to talk about in instances where the parent training of whatever sort is necessary, if it's not provided, that could be a, a denial of faith. So I thought that was super topical now um, and because parents are not getting adequate support and they're being asked to do such a big job. So, so should parents, let me pause you for one second here, Bonnie. We didn't even do the disclaimer, so we have to go back and do that, but- do it um, We'll do it <laughs> okay, but um, should parents, if they're struggling right now, and many parents are, should they put an email out saying, I am requesting parent training to be able to teach my child what you have asked me to teach my child so that when the school is not able to give that to them, because I don't know any school that has that in place, that that's... <laughs> yeah. For people who... For people who are listening, because some people listen to the podcast without viewing, Bonnie just did a very funny thing. She wrote yes uh, in big letters on an envelope and held it up. So we should be requesting that right now so that when they don't give it to us, we've audit already automatically, we've got denial of faith. Well, you could prove up that there was a denial of faith and you might be owed compensatory services in those areas. So, oh. but I mean, it just seems to me there's so many ways that we've asked parents to do this without any kind of instruction. Um, and they've been doing amazingly well with it all. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, we all need kind of a toolkit, right? So, okay, so here's another one for you. This is for you, Shannon. How to respond okay. to students, comma, parents to participate in remote learning. Um, <clears throat> as you remotely deliver related services such as speech language therapy or parent training to students with disabilities and their families, don't forget to document your efforts to ward off disputes when schools reopen. Now they, they're talking to some attorney in Atlanta, Georgia, so she's answering the questions according to Georgia law. You'll want to document all interim measures and take notes on progress to the extent possible 
school districts, you want to get credit for the good work you're doing. I realize so much of the center of gravity has been on pushing out services so kids can get them and not necessarily on documentation, but you need to document as well. So then there's a bunch of questions they asked. If a student refuses to participate in virtual physical therapy, despite there being coaching for his frustrated parents, will this be a problem with FAPE and necessitate compensatory education services? Answer. I do think we're going to have a fake problem for kids who are not receiving services via virtual therapy. I'd want to know why the child isn't attending, but I suspect that if you have a student who isn't participating because they can't really benefit from virtual therapy because of the nature of the medium just doesn't lend itself to that, but they're trying and they can't, you're probably going to have some making up to do. Okay, so for that, a couple of things that we need to know that schools are being advised to take uh, notes on whether the parent participates yeah. and every and everything that they do. So we should know that as parents. But even having said that, they're being advised that they're probably going to have to um, do some compensatory education, even if the parent isn't participating. You know, um, as discussed last Thursday, these these uh, this legal database for school educators is saying those children are going to regress during this extended period of school closure school district and you're going to be likely tasked with providing comp ed and you parents this is me talking want to be able to document what you did so that there can be some discussion about what kind of comp ed is going to be necessary so they, they i just want to say one thing so that for for my for my image uh, my child is going to his classes I, my comment is that I probably should be helping with things, but let's be honest, I can't help with anything that he does. I can't do, I don't even understand the question when the math question, like trigonometry, just run me over with a pickup trick. I'm going to be as uh, just as effective as I will be afterwards. So I just want to point out that um, if it was something I knew how to do, I would be helping out, but he's way past me. Well, and I'm sure that other parents feel that way too. I was having a little bit of fun with you on a Monday morning because the idea that you would be at the soft law and your child would just be left to I was just kind of getting into this idea of like Shannon Penrod is outlaw criminal who won't, you know, <laughs> that's, that's me. That In is contrast, me. if you have a student um, who is just refusing to participate because the parent has decided I have a full-time job, I cannot be a full-time teacher at the same time and it is just going to do what he wants to do. That might be a different analysis. That's going to be very fact-driven. I do believe that school districts are going to have to offer some, have some very serious FAPE discussions and comp ed discussions coming out of this. I have kind of a problem with the whole thing because I don't really understand how you're supposed to do a full-time job if your work is during normal business hours and you're supposed to educate your child at the same time. It's, so somebody cue me it's in. It's unreasonable. It it's unreasonable. And I think parents across the country have already weighed in on it and said, that's completely unreasonable. I'll tell you what, even if you don't have a full-time job for a lot of these parents that don't have an education background, it, the expectation is, is that they're supposed to be able to do this. It's completely crazy. What if attempts to reach family to set up services are unsuccessful? Will that be a problem with faith? That is less of a problem with FAPE. I sure hope that whatever contacts are made, there is a hope there are multiple attempts and multiple methods, emails, phone calls, all the rest. All schools can do is put FAPE on the table. They can't make a child or family take it. Um, so 
how do we write fourth quarter progress notes when we haven't directly on the goals? Is any data good data? Oh, and I think we've lost you, Bonnie. First you froze, but and we still had your vocal, and then we lost your vocal. And I'm afraid because we're getting down to the last two minutes here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the disclaimer while we're waiting to see if you get unfrozen, um, and we'll see if that happens. That I, I want to remind everybody that Bonnie is uh, joining us. Um, thanks to the Tolner Law Offices, and that you can reach out to her if you're in Southern California. Um, oh, I think we've lost her entirely. Uh, but you can reach out to Bonnie directly. Uh, just Google Tolner Law Offices, and uh, you'll find that she's one of the attorneys there, special education attorney. Bonnie is licensed to handle things in California, but she resides in Southern California. She also is licensed to handle things of a federal nature. If you do not live in Southern California. If you live in Northern California, you can look to Tolner Law Offices because she has colleagues at an office uh, further up north. Um, but if it's some other place, Bonnie typically tells us all to go to COPA, C-O-P-A-A.net or C-O-P-A-A.org to find, that's the Council of, uh, I think it's Parents and Advocates, uh, parent attorney and advocates, I think is what, what it stands for. Um, but you'll find a list of people that are, um, we don't know them, uh, but uh, they tend to be very reputable because they're people who have been through this in some way or um, shape or form uh, themselves. So we thank Bonnie for being here with us. And um, she's just always such a wonderful plethora of knowledge. Uh, really, really appreciate, appreciate her. Uh, somebody wrote it and said, I am proud that I changed my air filters by myself. Uh, had to get the tools, two different store trips, but figured it out. I'm excited for you. Uh, and they said that Bonnie is funny. She is, she's hilarious. Uh, you have no idea. Like the more you get to know her, the more hilarious you'll find. Uh, and Christina says that what gives her comfort is snuggling her little, oh my gosh, there's nothing better. And let me just tell you, those little grow fast. I uh, not, love nothing better than snuggling my little. And now he's six foot two and this ginormous man who looks like he's got, you know, um, he looks like a mountain man. He's got all this facial hair and hair and he won't let me cut it. Uh, what can I do? All right. Uh, we're going to, uh, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get Bonnie back. So we're going to give her our love and we are not going to be back here next Monday because it's Labor Day, but I'm going to see if Bonnie has some time. Maybe she can come back and join us on Thursday. Let's see if that we can make that happen. But um, I'm really excited because on Friday, as I said, we covered a story uh, that we came to us from the Deseret News in Utah. And really caught my eye because it was a story of a mom working for a company that she loved, loved her job, but her child was diagnosed with autism and she knew that she needed to get ABA services and it wasn't covered in their insurance. And um, she was starting to think, oh no, what if I have to go and get another job? But instead, she did something amazing. I'm going to wait and let her tell you what she did, and it's changed everything. And I really wanted, uh, I'll be honest with you, I really just wanted to um, do a shout out for the company. And uh, But they, what they did was they gave us the mom who works for the company so we can do the shout out for the company, which I extra like. I like them even more than I liked them before. I'm talking about CHG Healthcare. So 
Uh, I believe that Michelle is here with us. Can we activate her camera, Traven, so that we can be talking with Michelle? Michelle West is our guest. And she is an employee of CHG Healthcare. We're going to talk to her about what they do um, for uh, business. Is that, there she is, Michelle, welcome. Can you hear me? Second, I can't. Okay. I can hear you now. I heard you. Can you hear me? She's going to take some time and get her so that she can hear. Um, but uh, excited to talk with her about what happened, how she made a difference in her life, and how that ended up making a difference for her child's life and many, many other people. But again, I wanted, I'm going to keep saying it because I'm so in love with this company now. Everything that I've seen from them in the last couple of days, I'm like, wow, what an amazing company to work for and to know. CHG Healthcare. Michelle, are you able to hear me yet? She cannot hear me, but I could hear her when she was talking. Uh, Traven, anything you can do to message her to let her know uh, what she might do so that she can hear us. But uh, so Michelle is an amazing mom. I'm just going to start talking about her. And we are right now posting in the links of all of our social media. There's a wonderful video of her and her family that sort of outlines the whole story. And, and if you want to watch that whole video, um, you'll see it's in the link. Uh, if you're watching this on, on YouTube, the description of the show. There she is. Can we hear you? Yes, I'm so sorry. No, I it's, am not it's okay. super technically savvy. I thought I had it all figured out. How are oh, you? please. I'm fabulous. And I'm thrilled that you're here because I said, uh, I think that you're a true life hero. Uh, I'm excited to meet you and talk to you. And uh, I am so in love with CHG Healthcare right now. Right? I know. <laughs> it, uh, it, was, it was an amazing experience. And honestly, it was a little scary to confront them initially, but they were amazing to work through that with me. And well, I want to back up and because I didn't tell the our audience yeah. we we talked about it on Friday, but I want you to tell today's audience. So you know, you're an amazing mom, um, and it's and it's okay to say that one of your children got a diagnosis. Right. Yep. So my youngest okay. son Lucas, he is seven. He's seven years old, and I have two older children. They're twelve and ten and both typically developing. So Lucas came along and, you know, probably 18 months, he was definitely a little quieter than my older two children. But 18 months, I started really feeling like there was some gaps with his speech, lack of eye contact, some of the typical things that tip yes. you off. Yeah. Um, I actually had his hearing tested <laughs> because he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, responding to me. Um, and actually took him to his pediatrician and she initially said, you know, they've got kind of that 12 question list. She goes, he's pretty social and, and pretty affectionate with you. Um, I, I think maybe he's got a speech delay, but I don't think he's autistic. Wow. Um, and you know how that goes, right? People, people don't understand, um, this type of diagnosis a lot of the times. And so it was challenging at first to get people on board with that. And to be honest, in my family, I'm known to be quite the paranoid mom. So they thought I was over. Sister, sister, yes, we are sister down. friends. <laughs> That's yes. right. Yes. And, and, uh, and, and you had reason to be too. You were right. Yes. Right. Yep. Uh, so people need to leave you alone and no one needs to tell you that you're being paranoid anymore. I've, I've spoken on this. Thank uh, you. 
You're I am welcome. no longer the girl who cried wolf, right? Okay. That's right. There That's right. Go. Yep. Uh, but you eventually you did get the diagnosis. At what point did you realize that you were going to need ABA therapy? Um, I, so essentially what happened, he was about two and a half, almost three when we got him formally diagnosed. Wow. And there's a, a great place here in Salt Lake called the Children's Center. And they had a therapist um, that we met with that essentially introduced us to ABA therapy, um, but honestly did a ton of work with my husband and I to train us on who this little guy was. Great. Which was the most important thing, probably the biggest thing that this woman said to me that was life-changing for me. She said, Lucas is amazing, but he is a Mac in a PC world and you just need to understand his operating system. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I get that. That makes sense to me. Um, and that was a game changer. She spent a lot of time training us on how to, you know, essentially go down the little rabbit holes of his little world and pull him out and have him join us. Um, and she also helped uh, um, introduce us to ABA therapy. And so he's had ABA therapy for, gosh, four, four years now. Amazing. Yeah. But in the beginning, when, when you realized that you needed ABA therapy, you discovered that it wasn't covered under your plan at work. Let's talk a little bit about what do you do at CHG Healthcare? Yeah. So CHG Com this company that I'm in love with now. Yeah, <laughs> as you should be. They're pretty fantastic. I have worked there for 17 years. Wow. Well, my joke is I was 12 when I started, but that's not true. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, okay. Uh, and what do you do for them? What, what, first of all, what does CHG Healthcare do? What kind of a company are they? Yep. So we facilitate um, staffing and permanent placement for physicians, for um, ancillary advanced practice providers, nurses all over the country. So we have a few different brands under the CHG umbrella, but yes, we essentially facilitate physician staffing. Um, whether it's temporary or permanent. So a very important service and right. certainly an essential service, especially right now, yes. uh, making sure that there are healthcare people in the right jobs, in the right places where they're needed, even if it's temporary. Love, right. love, love this. Um, so you'd been working for them forever, but lo and behold, like a lot of people, the insurance plan did not cover ABA. Right. Uh, so what did you do? Yeah, so I had connected with a couple of other moms at CHG who had children on the spectrum, and they had been looking into ABA therapy as well. And we all about the same time came to that really sad realization that our insurance plan didn't cover it. So Utah, we, we're based in Utah, and Utah legislation actually requires that state regulated insurances cover ABA, but CHG, um, they are self-funded, they aren't state regulated, so they just went with federal guidelines. So it wasn't like they'd opted to not cover it, I just don't know that they realized that they yeah. weren't covering it. And how would you know that, uh, right? And and federal guidelines don't make them have to do it. It's They're Correct. not mandated to do it. We've been fighting for federal guidelines to do that, but that is, that is not the law of the land. So they were, they were being completely legal. Um, you know, it wasn't that they were doing something horrible. It was just, they, they had the choice and, yeah. you know, based on the knowledge they had, they weren't doing it. And you took matters into your own hands. Yes. So essentially the day I found out that our benefits at my company wouldn't cover it, 
I mean, I love this company. They are, our core values is putting people first, doing the right thing, ethics and integrity. Um, and they genuinely live that. So I was heartbroken to think, am I going to have to leave this employer to go and find insurance coverage for this therapy? Because it's not, I'm not picking like, yeah, obviously you do anything for your child. So I actually had a lunch appointment with one of my work colleagues. We're driving out of the parking lot at the building. And she's like, what is up? Cause I was crying and upset. I had literally just found out about it. And I was like, I'm just, what am I going to do? I can't not, I can't not get this therapy for my son. And it's so expensive if we don't have insurance. Um, so it was honestly fate. Like I, I truly believe it. So where her and I are pulling out of the parking lot and the two perfect people for me to see walked out of the door of our building right then. So our CEO, Scott Beck and, um, our benefits, uh, vice president, Kevin Rickliffs, I, I, the chances of me seeing them is rare. Like it's a big enough company. And the fact they'd be, it just, I was like, I have to stop. I have to stop. So my friend's like, what are you doing? You're going to stop right now. And I was like, yes, I'm stopping right now. And she's like, don't do it. And I'm like, I'm totally doing it. But I was still cry face, right? Crying. Yeah. And at this point, they, while I parked, they are in their car and I run over and I mean, the car's on and I knock on the window (laughs) and I'm crying. And luckily I've worked there a long time. So they at least knew, but they were like, are you okay? They rolled the window down. And I said, Hey, I'm so sorry. I, I sorry to accost you right here, but this is super important. I just found out our insurance doesn't cover this, this therapy benefit for my son. There's so many other families that are affected by this. I, you know, I don't even know if you guys know that, but I mean, it's, it's life-changing, you know, I'm going to have to consider figuring out another place to work. And I don't want to do that. And, um, Scott Beck was very kind and said, you know what, I'm so sorry. I didn't even know that that was something we didn't cover. And I want to talk to you about it and I'll schedule a meeting. And he, within, you know, a couple of days met with me and I explained to him, you know, again, it's just people not knowing, um, explained to him the importance of that. And then he asked if he could meet with me and other parents. So I had started an employee network group at CHG. Another great thing about our company is they offer us funding and give us a platform to start employee network groups at our company. So I had started one called I Love Someone with Autism about the same time this was all coming up as well. So I had a a network of people I knew had loved ones on the spectrum and we met with our CEO and with our benefits department, talked about why this was so critical. Um, The sooner we can get access to that therapy, the better. Um, And we had a a couple of meetings and then Scott Beck, our CEO asked to meet with me again. And he said, well, we think we figured out where we could, you know, increase occupational therapy and speech therapy benefits. Um, Maybe not ABA quite yet. That's quite a change financially. What do you think? (laughs) And I said, God love you. That that's basically like saying to a parent of a diabetic child, great news. We'll cover the dietitian, but not the insulin. I mean, that's essentially what you're, what you're saying. And I understand you don't necessarily know that, but that's, 
that's what you're saying. And he, um, oh, well, okay, well, that's not going to be good enough. We'll go back to the drawing board. And he came back and they talked it through and they decided to cover it. And um, just super grateful again for a company that I felt safe enough to do that. Yeah. And then to even challenge what they offered um, and for them to not say, thanks for working here, but go ahead and go. Like they were yeah. wonderful, you know, and, and I can't tell you what that's done for these families. It's been amazing. So, well, and let's, you know, so how long has your son been getting ABA? Let's talk about what the difference has been. Oh, it has been just astounding. And, you know, I can get emotional about it pretty easily. He, uh, he wasn't talking at all. Um, and, you know, there were times I wondered if he ever would. <laughs> and uh, with all of this therapy and just his hard work, like it's hard, you know, yes. it's hard, it's exhausting and hard work. And um, with all of that hard work, he speaks so much better. He's still, you know, we call it Lucanese. It's uh, we can understand everything that he's saying. He's getting more and more clear that the interactions that we have, you know, those moments when you're like, you, you genuinely, it's kind of lovely and simplistic. They do everything just out of the joy of it. It's not for anybody's benefit. And I love that, but it's also been amazing to see him want interaction like hey mom look at me yeah. and then he does a trick and then he looks at me and says did you see that <laughs> like you know I was like get, that's game changing yeah and his ability to love and be affectionate and interact and he's reading and I, it's just been incredible well it's amazing and there's a lot of things that are amazing about this first of all I, I, you're amazing um, that took a lot of guts. It took a lot of courage. And I can tell you that I know families that have gone to companies that they've worked for for many years and said, you know, I, I think, you know, you need to know about this and not been greeted the way you were. Um, so it took courage for you to do it. Um, I applaud you so much, but I also want to applaud CHG Healthcare because it took courage. It always takes courage to listen. Yeah. Um, and, and not only did they listen once they continued to listen. And I, I really applaud that when they came back to you and said, Hey, you know, we've got this idea that you said, no, that's not going to do it. Um, because that's, that's the moment when you changed everything. Yeah. Um, that's the moment when you changed the circumstances for your child, but you changed that the culture of that company and you changed so many, like how many employees do you think CHG has now that have kiddos, on the spectrum that now have access to this. It's yeah. it's a lot, right? Uh, yeah, we have over 2,500 employees and we have, you know, our headquarters is in Salt Lake City, Utah, but we have companies in Florida, North Carolina, Michigan. Um, so it's been amazing because I have had folks within all of these companies, you know, reach out to me and say, hey, I saw your story. Thank you for helping us get this benefit. Um, but maybe we can just talk, yeah. you know, maybe, yeah. maybe we can connect. We have this employee network group that they allow us to facilitate too. And, 
you know, I was in, I was in the break room just probably four or five months ago. And this tall, very serious looking gentleman with a go look, a goatee looks pretty scruffy. He comes up and he said, Hey, um, I heard you could maybe help me. My daughter was just diagnosed and he just starts crying. Mm. And, you know, just, you know what you just, you don't know you, you don't know what the resources are. You don't know how much they can improve. You don't know what the possibilities are. And to just hear that and have that peace of mind. um, I've been grateful to help other people find that because thank goodness somebody helped me find these paths and help me learn how to help this baby. Um, Because genuinely it's the most important work we'll ever do. And there's something very precious and divine about having the opportunity to do this for him and and what it's what it's meant for my family, my children. Um, it's made us better people. So, I have to say, if anybody is hearing the the drumming sound, it is the rain that is pelting us now. We had a light rain before, and now it is raining so hard that I can hear it. Uh, but that is the drumming sound. It is not my child drumming. Uh, but <laughs> we're having some big rain here in LA. Um, but I I just want to say um, again that I. And and looking at a couple of things for CHG Healthcare, I'm just really impressed. Um, And, you know, I want to encourage them to get into the field of finding BCBAs and placing them at uh, autism uh, carriers because we need BCBAs all over the place, right? Those are the board certified behavior analysts that design the program for ABA. So if you guys can now, uh, a CHG can start uh, recruiting and hiring and placing those people, let me know because there's a there's a need for that. Um. Yes, and I and I am aware of that as well. And I know we have some therapies. I don't think it would be that crazy for us to add that. So do you know what? Maybe uh, you should fly on out to Salt Lake and we can we can meet with them and lobby. There we go. I you know I I love the state of Utah. I've lived in the state of Utah. I taught briefly at BYU for a little while. So there you go. Back in the days when I was teaching college uh, and I have lots and lots and lots of friends in Utah. I love the state of Utah. It's a beautiful, beautiful state. But, um, you know, so thrilled and over the moon that you had this experience. And, you know, we say a lot here, the power of one is very important and you were the power of one in this. But we also acknowledge it takes a village that you can be the power of one and shouting. And if nobody picks up the mantle and says, I hear you. Um, and your employer picked up the mantle and said, I hear you. And, 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 and they're, they're living up to ideals that we want to see in the companies that we want to patronize, you know, prioritizing, you know, when you're a healthcare company, prioritizing the healthcare that you're giving to your employees, like kudos to you for like massively getting it, CHG. I just, I'm in love. I can't say that enough. So, but Michelle, so like honored to be in your presence. You truly are a hero. I love the difference that you're making every day at your company and um, with the employees at your company and their families. Thank you for, for being a part of this tribe and taking the time to be with us today. Absolutely. And just thank you to you and all of the great work that you're doing. Um, you know, I've had opportunities throughout the, this journey to look at your look at your videos and understand, you know, you've had some great physicians that just help explain all of this. And, you know, some of some of the therapies or the types of disorders that we're dealing with, like what an amazing advocate you are and just keep up the fight, girl. We're, you we're too. Together. 
sisters, my That's sister right. friend now. All right. Well, it's been such a pleasure. Please give our love to, how can we, how can we reach out to CHG? If somebody's watching and they need nurses and physicians and eventually BCBAs, where should they go to find out more information about CHG? So okay. if they go to chghealthcare.com. Okay. Yep. Michelle, thank you so much. We, we like, we're in awe. Thank you so wow. much. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I appreciate all the awareness we can get. So I, you, you take care and all my love to you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. We are past time and I had so, so much other stuff that I needed to share with you guys, but let me just say this, that tomorrow on the show, we have author June Morrow is going to be with us. And because you guys said we need more things to be doing at home, more fun that we can be creating at home. We're going to start to do a, a weekly segment on Tuesdays uh, featuring toys. You know, I love me some toys and I love some board games. So tomorrow, Brian Turtle, I know it feels like Christmas, right? Uh, it's like holiday mode. Brian Turtle from Endless Games is going to be here with us to kick that off because we can't kick off anything having to do with games without Brian Turtle. So he's going to share uh, a, an oldie but a new a new twist on an oldie but a goodie that we absolutely love here at Autism Live. So all of that plus jargon of the day and all of that will be tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>